Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hi, Wine and Dine listeners. Amy Irvine here, CEO and founder of Rooted Planning Group. I am so excited to be back. My husband and I took a nice week of vacation up in the Adirondacks, which is unusual for us to do this time of year, but it was great. We, of course, found a winery in the area that I'll talk about in just a, a few moments. But before we go there, I just want to remind you that this is part two of the college discussion and college planning sessions that I'm going to be doing. We're going to have a couple this will be a series like the last ones have been. Uh, last time we talked about college savings options. And like I said, this time we're going to be digging into the, the changes in the FAFSA. I want to take a moment to thank the College Aid Grow community that I belong to for the many resources that they've provided to me to pass along to you. College Aid Pro was founded by a financial planner. It's actually a, a software system that helps us land for your college education for your children, for you. It helps us tell you what kind of financial aid you might be eligible for. It also helps us compare the different costs of colleges and some of the grants and scholarships that are available. So I just want to pass along a thank you to them for some of these resources that I'm going to be talking to you about. Um, I mentioned at the opening that Brent and I just got back from a week-long vacation in the Adirondacks. We found a winery called Adirondack Winery. You know, go figure, since we're up in the Adirondacks. Now, most of their winery was, most of their wine, excuse me, was actually more on the sweet side, which is fine for people that like that fruity kind of unique flavors. But we did find one dry wine that we enjoyed. And I would encourage you, we'll put, put it in the show notes, but I would encourage you to check out their website. They utilized a marketing company out of the Finger Lakes area to design their brand. And I have to say that of all the winery websites I've visited, which is a few, I really love their website and their story. So if you get a moment, hop on over to their website, check out their wines, check out their story and maybe make that a destination for you to explore. Because as I always say, life is about events supported by your dollars and cents. So move 
moving into the big, bad FAFSA changes. And we will have a couple of links in the show notes to some additional resources because it's impossible for me to get into all of the detail. But in the past, when you filled out the FAFSA, you got a number called the expected family contribution. Now, that's what you were expected to put in. But they're changing that now, and it's called a student aid index. So the student aid index now is going to be generating a index number, I guess, for lack of a better word. This may possibly help alleviate some of the confusion that comes into play when families find out that they have to pay more than the actual expected family contributions for many colleges. So one of the things that I think is always interesting when it comes to the student aid index or the FAFSA in general is that it's telling you the FAFSA is something that is used to ge- generally generate how much financial aid do you need. So the student aid index, that particular factor is now cha- is now the utilization or the, the language that is going to be used. So what we have known in the past is expected family contribution will now be called the student aid index. Okay, so that's one thing. The second thing that you should be aware of is the FAFSA did get shorter. Now, that's a good thing. This is one of the good changes, I would say. You won't have to answer as many questions when you're filling out the FAFSA. The list of questions is actually going from about 108 to just 32. Pretty excited about that. Now, we haven't actually seen the final draft of that, or I haven't at this point in time, but uh, they recall in the last session, I mentioned that normally the FAFSA opens up on October 1st. This year, it's actually being delayed until later in the year. So that gives them more time to finalize the new design. A third item that I'd like you to know about under FAFSA for 2023-2024 school year is up until now, the expected family contribution has been divided by the number of children in college simultaneously. This is one that I don't particularly love because now the student aid index does away with that part. The provisions do specify this as a special circumstance that can be brought to the attention of the school under what's called a professional judgment expansion. Now, a planning opportunity, if you have, if you do have multiple family members in higher education during the same year, consider seeking that professional judgment for or appeal for more financial aid. Eliminating this discount will make it much harder harder for families to pay for college and potentially aid, um, potentially add to the student's debt crisis we already face, which is what we're trying to actually get away from. Now, I have a petition in the show notes that I will put there for you to actually sign and take this part of the, the FAFSA Simplization, Simplification Act out. My goodness, today I'm having a hunk tied session. The fourth item I want you to know about is the small business and farm values or formula, I guess you want to say. Instead of being excluded from the FAFSA formula, again, I'm not hugely in love with this, but small businesses and farm owners will now be required to share the value of their business or farm on the FAFSA. This is a little more challenging because the new valuation takes into consideration net worth, 
And the adjusted net worth will have a percentage based on that. So again, this is for some, this is not necessarily a positive um, out- outcome. The fifth item is that e- in the past, the EFC could not go below zero, but your student aid index can actually be below zero. With the with this change, a family's student aid index can be as low as negative 1,500. This will allow for some very needy students to receive aid in addition to the cost of attendance. I think that's important to understand. The sixth change is that the Pell Grant gets an expansion. The new Pell Grant formula is linked to family size and the federal poverty level and breaks it down in a couple of different ways. So first, you have to look at the maximum Pell Grant. This is awarded to students with an S a student aid index of zero or lower. For the 2022 and 2023 school year, the dollar value is $68.95. That's for the Pell Grant. The student aid index-based calculation for students with um, a student aid index of one or higher, but less than the maximum, but less than the maximum Pell Grant award or the Pell Grant is awarded, is calculated in the following manner. Max Pell Grant minus student aid index equals Pell Grant eligibility. The amount is adjusted down for part-time students and the Pell Grant cannot exceed the cost of attendance. So there's an additional path to Pell Grant eligibility. For some students with a student aid index exceeding the maximum Pell Pell Grant award, this calculation takes into account the AGI, family size, and the federal poverty guidelines. I know that's a lot, but if you're eligible for that, that's something that you will really want to dig into quite a bit. You also should know I guess the seventh key factor is that students exempt from reporting assets, which was formerly the special needs trust, gets a boost. The student affordability index provides an AGI threshold indicating to families whether or not they will be required to report assets, that's savings, balance, investments, etc. on the FAFSA. Under the new formula, families families with an AGI up up to 60000 will not be required to report assets on the FAFSA, which is a $10,000 increase from the current simplified needs trust. Now, a planning opportunity, if you have assets and your AGI is hovering near 60000 try to keep from tipping over that amount in order to avoid having to report assets on the FAFSA. One way to lower your AGI, if it is just over the threshold would be contribute to your pre-tax retirement plan at work. Now, you might be thinking, well, in the past that hasn't helped me or I've heard in the past that hasn't helped me. Well, an eighth change that I think is such a critical change is because I've always felt that you that parents have been um, burned for contributing to the retirement plans is that some income addbacks will go away. So currently, if you contribute to a pre-tax retirement plan, the federal formula will add the contributions to your AGI, then calculating your uh, expected family contributions. Well, starting with the 2024-2025 school year, the pre-tax uh, uh, contributions you make through your paycheck will be added, will not be added back to your AGI. So if you're at that level, you would want to contribute more, especially going back to the seventh item that I mentioned, you would want to contribute more to your retirement plan 
actually. Also, uh, one of the main items, I think, or I guess the ninth top, I kind of did a top 10 list here, uh, again, with the help of the, with the help of my cap program that I mentioned earlier in here, I sort of picked right off from their list some of the top 10 reasons that I thought it was important. So College Aid Pro community put together this list of all of the changes within this within the expected family contribution and student aid index. And I kind of picked the top 10 based on their list that they put together. But number nine is the child support received no longer will be added to your income. However, the amount of the payments will be added to your non-retirement asset total. Now, this is a good thing because an asset is not as heavily counted as income is. And number 10, students have been hit hard in the past when they received financial help from family members or friends um, as that's considered untaxed income to the student. Going forward, this will no longer be the case. Now, some of this has already changed, as you know. Um, one of the planning opportunities that we mentioned previously was funds used from a grandparent-owned 529 plan will not be considered untaxed income in to the students. So this is a, a viable college funding strategy that does not require special timing like it has in the past. So this is a big change as well, in our opinion. So I, I think that that, you know, is a lot of information for uh, this particular podcast. I know it was my top 10 list. And again, just want to thank College Aid Pro and that team for putting together a bunch of different information sources so that we could, um, you know, pick those out, kind of give you our thoughts on them, share their thoughts with you as well. And I, I really appreciate their efforts so that I can pass this information along to you. Uh, as always, always, we hope you enjoyed this podcast enormously. And uh, thanks for sitting through all my tongue-tiedness of today's podcast. I really appreciate it. On that same note, I want to say a special thank you to TJ Mian of TJ Media, who had sorted through probably the worst of my ums, ahs, and getting me back into the system. If you like this podcast or you know somebody that can listen or can learn from this podcast, please feel free to share it. As always, we hope you like it and we hope that you are able to hop on over to iTunes and leave a comment or share or like so that more people like you can find. Thank you, everyone. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.